This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. Deciding if a child has ADHD or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is a process with several steps. See, there's no single test to diagnose ADHD, and many other problems like sleep disorders, anxiety, depression, and certain types of learning disabilities can have very similar symptoms. If you're concerned about whether your child might have ADHD, the first step is always to talk with your healthcare provider and find out if the symptoms fit the diagnosis. The American Academy of Pediatrics, or otherwise known as the AAP, recommends that healthcare providers ask parents, teachers, and other adults who care for the child about the child's behavior in different settings such as how are they at home, school, or with their peers. There are guidelines in the American Psychiatric Association Diagnostic and Statistic Manual Decision, otherwise known as the DSM-5, and it clearly describes the signs and symptoms that you can expect. People with ADHD show a persistent pattern of either inattention and or hyperactivity. Hyperactivity can be impulsivity that interferes with their functioning or their development. Either hyperactivity or inattention can. So ADHD can be broken down into three different diagnoses. One is inattentive type, hyperactivity type, or a combination. To start with, let's just talk about inattention, for example. So there are six or more symptoms of inattention for children up to age 16, and you have to have five or more if it's an adolescent 17 years or older or an adult. It's very important that these symptoms be present for at least six months and that they are not appropriate for their developmental level. So let's go over some of those symptoms. You might see in yourself or even your child that you fail, and I hate to use the word fail, but that's what's in the DSM-5 that I mentioned before, but often fails to give close attention to details and makes careless mistakes in schoolwork, at work, or other activities. So attention to details is very important. They also have trouble holding attention on tasks or play activity. Now, this does not mean that if your child is able to sit down and watch a 30-minute video or television show or play on their computer or video game, for example, for a length period of time, it does not mean that they do not have attention deficit disorder. I used to think that when I was early on in my pediatric practice that, oh, well, they can sit and watch a a movie and 
then they don't have ADHD, but that is not actually true. Another thing is that they don't follow through on instructions, especially when it comes to finishing homework, chores, duties in the workplace, for example. So they lose their focus, easily sidetracked. So an example that I give parents sometimes is I ask them, hey, if you give them three tasks, pick up your shoes, go upstairs, and place the shoes in a shoe bin, or those are just an example, but three tasks. Can they complete all three tasks? Generally, what ends up happening is they might get the first one or the first and second, and then they get easily distracted and they don't follow through. Organization with tasks and activities. Organization is a big deal. Like if your child tends to be disorganized, that can be a sign. I know that I often want to avoid situations that require a lot of mental effort over a long period of time. This is something that you find with ADHD as well. They avoid or dislike or very reluctant to do any task that they know is going to require mental effort or take a long time, which is like schoolwork or homework, right? often loses things necessary for tasks. So we talked about organization and losing things. So they finish the homework, yay, and they take it to school and they lose it. So it could be school materials, pencils, books, wallets, keys, paperwork, eyeglasses, mobile phones, for example. I hate to tell you this, John Adams, who is my husband, but I'm starting to see a little bit of traits that you might have too, because he tends to lose things easily distracted. We know that's a very common symptom of uh, the inattentive type of ADHD and being forgetful. So organization, focus, easily distracted, forgetful, avoids things that require a lot of mental effort are going to take a long time, not following through with um, instructions, listening when spoken to directly, holding an attention and paying attention to details. We want to make sure that they've that these symptoms have been present for at least 6 months and that it also is seen in at least two different areas of their life such as school and home. So if that's the inattentive type, let's talk about what are the signs and symptoms of the hyperactivity impulsivity. Again, six or more symptoms For children up to age 16, five or more for adolescents age 17 and older in adults. And that these symptoms have been present for at least six months and to some extent disrupt, it's disruptive, right? And not inappropriate for the person's developmental level. So what do we notice? Well, fidgets, taps, Taps their hands, their feet, squirms in their seat, often leaves their seat in situations where remaining seated is expected, often runs about or climbs in situations where it's not appropriate. For adults, it might be that they're feeling restless in that situation, often unable to play or take part in leisure activities quietly, often on the go act as if they're driven by a motor, talks excessively, I definitely do that, blurts out answers before a question has even been completed, 
and has trouble waiting their turn, interrupts and intrudes each other. So basically, those are the symptoms that you often see with the hyperactivity impulsivity part. Now, in addition to what I just mentioned, there are some other criteria that are also very important. I mentioned that the symptoms are present in two or more settings, such as home, school, or work, with friends or relatives or other activities, that several of the inattentive and hyperactivity impulsive symptoms were present before the age of 12. So quite often we will diagnose ADHD in an adolescent, but we need to also note that some of these symptoms were present when they were younger, but maybe at that point they weren't interruptive or it didn't have an impact on their life, whether at home or at school. And it's very important that we make sure that the symptoms are not explained better by another mental health disorder, such as mood disorder, anxiety, dissociative, or even personality disorder. There should be clear evidence that the symptoms interfere with or reduce the quality of social school, or work functioning. So as I mentioned, based on these types of symptoms, you can have the combined presentation, the predominantly inattentive, and predominantly hyperactivity. Most people I see in the office, most kids and adolescents, have the combined, but it it is definitely possible that you could have just predominantly inattentive or predominantly hyperactive. The predominantly inattentive type, I think, is a little bit harder to diagnose all by itself. So now that you know the symptoms, you've spoken to your healthcare provider, now what? Well, there's so many treatment options. And what works best for the child really depends on the individual child and their family. It is recommended that you guys work very closely with others involved in the child's life, like the healthcare providers, possibly a therapist, definitely teachers, could include coaches, and even other family members. The main two types of treatment for ADHD include behavior therapy, which should also include training for parents. You know, I I struggle with that sometimes in my practice, recommending that, because in no way am I saying you're not a good parent or you're not doing it right. I fully believe that as parents, we are their first teacher. We are their first counselor. And we're with them more times, you know, than anyone else, really. And so it is important to also have the appropriate training so that we can do our best to help our child. And then, of course, there's medications. Now, I'm not suggesting you need both. I'm just saying those are the two different types of treatment for ADHD. Behavior therapy, though, I do want to make note, involves different types of interventions. See, ADHD not 
only affects the child's ability to pay attention or sit still in school, it also affects their relationships with family and other children. Children with ADHD often show behaviors that can be very disruptive to others. Behavior therapy is a treatment option that can help reduce these behaviors, and it is often helpful to start behavior therapy therapy as soon as the diagnosis is made. I'm very specific when it comes to how important behavior therapy is. The goals of the therapy are to learn and strengthen those positive behaviors and eliminate the unwanted or problem behaviors. So it should include, as I mentioned, parent training in behavior management, behavior therapy for the child, and behavior interventions in the classroom. So important. I just can't say it enough. And all of these appropriate all these approaches can be used together. For children who attend early childhood programs, it is usually most effective if parents and educators work together to help the child. Usually we try to not make the diagnosis of ADHD before the age of six. However, we do sometimes see some kids that we just know that they have it. And the reason why I mention that is, if you recall, I mentioned that the signs and symptoms were inappropriate for their developmental stage. It's so hard when I see some kids that come into the office and they're three years old and they've got so much energy and they can't sit still. It really is because they're three or two or, you know, whatever. But of course, as parents, we're like, oh, my gosh, does my child have ADHD? But when we do see a young child that we are pretty sure has ADHD, which is maybe a four or five year old, Behavior therapy is the most important first step before trying any medication, and I fully believe that. I try as a pediatrician myself, but remember, you got to talk to your own pediatrician about this to not use any type of medication under six years of age. Parent training and behavior management gives the parents the skills and strategies to help their child. It has been shown to work as well as medication for ADHD in young children. And the other thing is that young kids tend to have more side effects from the ADHD medications than the older kids. And the long-term effects of the ADHD meds on young children have not been well studied. So if your child is under six years of age, behavior therapy is the goal here. Well, let's talk about school-age children and adolescents. So for six years and older, the AAP recommends combining medication treatment with behavior therapy. There are several types of behavior therapies that are effective. Parent training in behavior management, you heard me say that. Behavior therapy interventions in the classroom. Peer interventions that focus on behavior. Organizational skills training. Often I end up seeing kids in my practice somewhere around maybe fourth or fifth grade because it's around that time that the teachers are not holding their hands they're, 
like they were before. There's more work to be done. There's more to turn in. They have to show some independence and self-care definitely by sixth grade. And so that is when I start to see kids coming in because it's that organization, that ability to get the work done, bring it back to school, turn it in, for example. These approaches are often effective and most effective if they're used together, depending on the needs of the individual child and family. So let me go over them again. Parent training, behavioral interventions in the classroom, peer interventions, organizational skills. So let's talk about medication. Medication can help children manage the ADHD symptoms in their everyday life. They can help them control the behaviors that cause difficulties with family, friends, and at school. Now, before I go on to medications, whenever I talk to families about whatever we are trying to accomplish, like treating the ADHD, I always have five goals in mind. And I use these five goals also to decide if any intervention is even needed. Goal number one, we want the child to achieve academically. Goal number two, we want to decrease disruptive behavior. Goal number three, we want them to have what I call self-care or like independence, like being able to do the things that they need to do. Number four, is making friends and being social. And number five, improving self-esteem. Now, if your child has symptoms that you're pretty sure, like I mentioned, are ADHD, but they're already doing really well in those five areas that I mentioned, then we're good. You know, maybe we just need to tweak something here or there, some interventions in the classroom, for example, maybe just a little bit of behavior management. But if we're truly struggling, as I mentioned, and there are some of those five goals that we really need to work on, then maybe it's time to talk about, in addition to behavior management, medications. There are several different types of medications that are FDA approved to treat ADHD in children as young as six years of age. Stimulants are the best known and most widely used. Between 70 to 80% of children with ADHD have fewer ADHD symptoms when they take these fast-acting medication or these stimulants. What's cool about the stimulants is they get into your system and they get out of your system. You take them in the morning, Some last six hours, eight hours, 12 hours, depending on the medicine, and then they're completely out of your system. Now, there are also non-stimulant medications that are approved for treatment of ADHD, and this has been since about the year 2003. They don't work as quickly as the stimulants, but the good news is their effect can last up to 24 hours. Medications can affect children differently. They can have different side effects in different kids. Some of the side effects that we see are things like decreased appetite or sleep problem. One child may respond really well to one medication and not so well with another. 
healthcare providers who prescribe medication may need to try different types of med- different medicines and different doses. So don't get discouraged. It takes some time. The AAP recommends that healthcare providers observe and adjust the dose of the medication to find the right balance between those benefits and side effects, if there are any. I like when I do start medication, I use the expression start low and go slow. It's important for parents to work with their child's healthcare providers to find the medication that works best for their child. Now, what are some other tips that we can give that can help, right? One, create a routine. All children thrive on routine. ADHD, very, very important. Try to follow the same schedule every day from wake up time to bedtime. Get organized. Encourage your child to put school bags, clothing, toys in the same place every day so that they will be less likely to lose them. Manage distractions. Turn off the TV. Limit noise. Provide a clean workspace when your child is doing homework. Some children with ADHD learn well when they're moving or listening to background music. That was my son, Gabe. Took me a while to understand it. And I used to be like, stay in your chair, stay in your chair. But I realized that he did better when he could move around and when he had music in the background because that helped him from being distracted. For me, music would distract me. Watch what works for your child and and see. Because like I said, every child is different. Some kids need to have those blinders on and just be ready to focus. Other kids need that movement, that ability to get up from their seat and stand while they do their homework. Heck, Gabe used to sometimes get down on the floor and do it on the floor. Again, it took me a while to understand it, but when I realized it worked for him, that was just amazing. So what are some other things? Let's see. Limit choices. You know, you want to help your child not feel overwhelmed or overstimulated. So offer choices with just few options, such as like, do you want this outfit or that outfit? This meal or that one? This toy or that one? Be clear and specific when you talk to your child and let them know that you're also listening by describing what you heard them say. Reflective listening is so important when it comes to behavior management. Be clear with your directions, especially when you need them to do something. Help your child plan. Let's plan out the day. Let's plan out how the morning is going to go. Or let's plan how we're going to use our time wisely in order to get the homework done. Now, when it comes to that, though, I really want to you and to encourage homework or any task, including chores, etc., break them down into simpler, shorter steps. You're not going to expect your child to sit there for one hour and do homework. Maybe just start with 10 minutes and then take breaks. So for those long tasks, start earlier, take break, take breaks, and this will help limit stress. I know there are several of you guys out there right now that dread doing homework with your kids. 
it doesn't have to be so stressful. Again, take breaks, listen, reflect what they have to say, make a plan, use clear, brief directions. But when they follow those goals, praise them or have other rewards. Use a chart to list those goals and track positive behaviors. Let your child know they've done well by telling them or rewarding their efforts in other ways as well. But be sure that these goals are realistic. Small steps are important. Now you might say, well, why should I praise or reward them for doing something that they're responsible for doing? You know, this is hard. Even just doing a homework assignment for someone with ADHD is like climbing a mountain, is like jumping a hurdle. So when they know that you're really pleased and happy and you're keeping track of that positive behavior, they will want to do it more. In addition, when it comes to disciplining, discipline effectively. Sometimes I tell parents, discipline is to teach them, not necessarily to punish. So instead of scolding, yelling, spanking, use effective directions, timeouts, or removal of privileges as consequences for inappropriate behavior. But create positive opportunities. You know, children with ADHD may find certain situations very stressful. So finding out and encouraging what your child does well, whether it's school, sports, art, music, play, can help create positive experiences and really make it better for all. Provide a healthy lifestyle. I often talk in my in my podcasts about nutritious food and exercise and sufficient sleep are so important and they can help keep the ADHD symptoms from getting worse. I truly believe that anyone with ADHD has superpowers. I like to focus on the benefits of children that have ADHD. Let's talk about those superpowers. There's been a lot of focus on the harmful symptoms of ADHD, but research on ADHD superpowers show that children with ADHD are more energetic, creative, courageous, and resilient than people without the condition. There was a research article done by Sedwick Merwood Asherson, and it is called The Positive Aspects of Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, a Qualitative Investigative Investigation of Successful Adults with ADHD. And it really shows that ADHD truly is a superpower. While there's a lot more research to be done, focusing on the benefits can help you and your child live with ADHD more positively. So as I mentioned, individuals with ADHD have more energy, 
A small study found that people with ADHD reported liking their higher energy. They have more self-awareness. The treatment for ADHD often includes therapies that include self-regulation, meaning the ability to manage emotions and behavior. Because of that, people with ADHD learn their triggers, their patterns, and how to control them more than neurotypical people. They have self-reliance. They learn to soothe and regulate themselves. And they're resilient. They have the ability to bounce back from difficulties. And that is a predictor of success. Parents and teachers say that most kids with ADHD are resilient. At work or school, they're more creative. Creative problem solving is so instrumental for the success with school and work. And research has found that children with ADHD have more creativity and idea generation than people without the disorder. This can lead to that out-of-the-box thinking that is so important for innovation. Kids with ADHD become hyper-focused on things that they interest them. Remember when I told them that sometimes they will spend some time focusing on things? But this can lead to an impeccable attention to detail and passion for certain school and work projects. And finally, they have what we call risk tolerance. A higher risk tolerance than people without the condition. And this, in most situations, can be beneficial, allowing them to try solutions that others might not. So I love calling ADHD, a superpower. So as I mentioned, it's very, can be very difficult to diagnose because there's not one specific test. There are some questionnaires uh, such as Connors rating scales and Vanderbilt's that a parent can um, talk to their healthcare provider about to fill out to see just how they might measure up in regards to the signs and symptoms that I mentioned. And although children with ADHD may have trouble paying attention, controlling impulses, and be overly active, we also know that they also have superpowers. Thank you for listening. I plan to do a whole nother podcast specifically on treatment, medication treatment. And so please follow me wherever you listen to your shows, such as Spotify or Apple podcast, and let's grow up together.